strife But the fruits of their labor Are worth more than their pay And it's time a few of them were recognized Hello Detroit From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Uh, the music this morning, of course, wonderful group, Alabama. Just a fantastic group. Uh, going out, the shouting out there because we are recording this, Matt, on Labor Day. Derek, we take no days off. Right no here. days no. off. I say we take no days off. We took two weeks off in, <laughs> in June and July. But uh, yeah, Labor Day, we're recording this morning to have our Tuesday show. Derek, you and I actually have jobs. Most, we do pe- have jobs. most people would not know that as many as many people stop us and want to talk about the podcast. But we do have jobs, and this uh, helps us out to record on Labor Day morning weekend so um man alabama is my childhood Dude, it, it's just my childhood i was all in for alabama growing up i mean listen to the 80s early 90s country songs alabama was all over that only thing is matt we did see a concert one time with alabama a little disappointing in tunica oh were you with me on that one yes yeah, you were was, there yes a, i guess so Dude, I, I guess, guess so. I they did not, not play their 40 number one hits. no they did not they they it was about 45 minutes set and they were out. They they had they had places to be. Um well, but I've look, seen them since then and they played uh, they played 30 plus. Again, this is uh, our day off. We are choosing to do this, choosing to come to you um a lot of things, you know, there is a a, a huge football game for us tonight and we wanted to make sure we were able to stay up and watch that i don't want to have to come in early in the morning especially if it's not a a good result for our team and so we were doing this for y'all today so hope that you enjoy it uh we're going to get to our words from the weekend in just a moment but matt somebody else that's a hard worker mr brian couch of team couch of birch realty group is our 2021 presenting sponsor team couch possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience when it comes to residential real estate in desoto county they are the number one team for well over a decade when it comes to residential real estate. With over 25,000 closings since 2009, Team Couch is a full-time, full-service realtor, which means they are available when you need them. Currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, free, no-obligation market analysis. You simply need to give them your address. With your address, they can tell you the value of your home, the value of your neighborhood, the value of your zip code, what's going on all around DeSoto County when it comes to residential real estate. No one is going to know more than Brian and Terry and their team at Team Couch. You can give them a call at their office at 662-449-1700 or call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Or find more information at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Derek, you're going to mention it in just a second for their, with your word from the weekend, but uh, just a gorgeous weekend to get around all around DeSoto County. Take a look at houses. If you're wanting to make a move to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County, you definitely want to try Team Couch or Birch Realty Group first. Thank you, Brian and Terry, for being our 2021 presenting sponsors. 
Derek, as we will talk about in the football section of our show today, um, I looked a little bit on the How to Barbecue Right website uh, for some crow rep- recipes. Um, mm. I will be eating a lot of crow here at the uh, tail end of our show for sure. But uh, if you're looking for some amazing recipes, amazing stuff, I definitely want you to go to howtobarbecuerite.com. That's howtobbqright.com to learn more about Malcolm and Rochelle and their team over at the How to Barbecue Right shop. How to Barbecue Right shop is our 2021 studio sponsor. They're located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here in Hernando. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cookings. Rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or a really cool high-end smoker. Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. With over a million YouTube subscribers, if you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you definitely want to stop by his shop. Again, it's located at 496 Whitfield Drive. You can call them at 662-912-9947. Find more information at H2Q Malcolm's Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm's Shop on Facebook. But the best thing to do is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located off Memphis Street right here in Hernando. Thank you, Malcolm and Rochelle, for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, it's our Tuesday show, even though we're recording on the morning of Labor Day, Derek. It's our Tuesday show, and we always start our Tuesday show with what we call the word from the weekend. I'm going to let you go first for your word for the weekend. Word for weekend, Matt, is weather. Okay. Uh, this weather is absolutely fantastic. This, you know, wondering if this is actually fall, uh, if we went ahead and, the, you know, the Front came through, uh, didn't get the rain we wanted, of course, but just absolutely gorgeous weather. It felt good on Saturday. Uh, of course, it was a little cloudy on Sunday, never rained. Uh, but this morning, uh, it looks like all day today, all week, dry, no Beautiful. humidity. Uh, I think the high is the highest high for the next five or seven days is 90, mostly in the mid-80s, lows, mid to low 60s. I'm, I'm all for it. If we get two months of this for fall, I, I'm just I'm ecstatic. And, again, with all the football going on Friday night, of course, my game we'll get to that was three hours away. It was a little chilly, um, but it was uh, I know it felt great down here and just absolutely fall weather. If you're not out, you know, enjoying this in some form or fashion, whether it be around Hernando, whether it be going to Memphis, you know, uh, walking the river or doing other things like that, please, please, please get out. Uh, and enjoy this weather because, you know, usually we have like three weeks of springs, three weeks of fall, and then everything else is either scorching hot or really cold. But we may actually have a uh, fall this year. So that's my word from the weekend is weather. Yeah, I'm hoping we're not being teased, Derek, for sure. I'm, oh, man, if I'm, that I'm, Indian <laughs> summer comes with 90s in October, I'm going to be really furious. Oh, man, this the weather feels awesome, feels great, especially what a beautiful Labor Day. Uh, the week, like you said, looks looks great. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some different things that happened over the weekend here shortly. But, uh, you know, my word from the weekend, Derek, is excitement. Excitement. And that goes all the way back to Thursday night. All the different videos all weekend long about all the college students that were in the stands, the full stadiums uh, out of the Rose Bowl. Uh, I'll tell you more about that, Derek. Uh, you know, my, my family had quite the uh, travel arrangements going on to, uh, to get home. But all the different videos and pictures of the fans and the tailgating and all the stuff right there. Derek, it was just exciting to see, exciting to watch that, um, you know, we could sit here and talk for hours about all the different things going on and mandates this and mandates that and so forth. But man, it looked like the U S of a was excited about the fall. Uh, again, full stadiums, having a great time. 
The crowd for the Hernando football game on Friday night was absolutely breathtaking. The line was about 300 yards long to get into the stadium. Now, that may be a little bit of an efficiency issue when it comes to the ticket taking, (laughs) but it was 300 yards long. There was a line until almost the second quarter. The the crowd was huge. My daughter's a senior. My son's a freshman, so it was his first time in the student uh, section. Uh, Just an awesome. It was an awesome, awesome weekend. So my word from the weekend is going to be excitement, and uh, I'll relay that to uh, exciting coming up for uh, you know the rest of the football games and stuff like that but again we'll talk more about it all the crow I'll be eating in the football talk coming up with the three teams that we uh, cover I won't make that mistake again so Mm -hmm. excitement is my word from the weekend and um, the opposite of excitement maybe what some people would say is an autumn meeting so Mm. we're going to talk about and preview tonight's autumn meeting the first autumn meeting of september uh derek tell us what we have to look forward to the first tuesday autumn meeting of september for the city of hernando the city of hernando again this is uh we've kind of previewed we've talked about the budget over the last we had two or three shows where we actually talked about the budget did we talk about the budget i I don't know we man (laughs) i was off (laughs) A lot of budget walking. Boy, did we. I hope everybody's listened to the podcast and kind of up to date on where they are because they've done a lot of uh, pre-work going into this meeting, uh, and that is part of the budget now. There's there's several things that I'm going to mention that are going to happen before the budget discussion. So I would say, Matt, this is probably going to be a a couple-hour meeting uh, coming tomorrow night. But first thing I want to mention is the request for the final plat of the Fieldhouse subdivision. Uh, Two lots, 19.84 total acres, located on the north side of Green Team Road, west of Chillahoma Road, and east of McInville Road. I think most of the listeners probably know now where the field house is located. Uh, The property is currently zoned in C2, the Highway Commercial District, and so they will be looking to go ahead and give the final plat approval uh, for those. Matt, uh, of course, we've talked with uh, Greg Drumwright. He's kind of mentioned how he's separating this out uh, into two lots, going to be the field house portion and then a portion just behind that, I guess, to the north of that which will be closer to the interstate uh, which will be uh, the portion that would be the baseball field uh, that'll be uh, run by Ed Easley that portion of it so again they're looking to do that final plot approval tomorrow night yeah we had a chance to sit down with Greg and visit with him for what seemed like a couple hours and talk about the field house project and just different things going on in his life and his projects uh, Derek it, in- it involved two things that we care a lot about sports and young people and Greg is definitely investing in that it's really really neat um, I can't wait for uh, more information to come out about the future for sure it's gonna be Awesome. Completely agree. Uh, next on the agenda is the approval to release $40,000 maintenance bond for Forest Meadows Phase 5 with Joe Frank Lauderdale's recommendation of completion. Now, uh, just as a, a kind of a quick thing, what they do is once a neighborhood is complete, once uh, the neighborhood is finalized, there's usually a bond put up for the final asphalt lays and stuff like that just to make sure that the city gets that final layer put on. All the, the potholes and stuff that have been caused by construction trucks can be corrected. There usually is a bond held that's put up at the beginning of the project that will be called and or cashed in at the end of the project. So Forest Meadows Phase 5, what they're saying is it is now completely finished. They will cash this maintenance bond in uh, and then use that to uh, do the final outlay for the uh, subdivision. That's a big neighborhood wrapping up, Forest Meadows. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's a great neighborhood. Was that a 10-year project? Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah at least. I mean, maybe a little more. But, of course, now it wraps all the way back around to Jaybird, so two entrances on Jaybird. Uh, but yeah, that, that is now wrapped up. Um, the next one, I'm just going to mention this because I may actually have to be there tomorrow night, Matt. 
Uh, the Jennifer Stevenson with the First Regional Library uh, will be there to present the budget uh, for the request. Actually, the new director, Lori. Lori will be there uh, tomorrow night to make the presentation for the library's budget request. They do go to every. Um, the, the library, for those of y'all that don't know, is actually five counties. It's the First Regional Library, so it is in a region. It's a five-county region, uh, and they have to go to, the director goes to each of the individual cities and each of the individual counties to ask for funding to, to fund that. So again, I, th- I would imagine that they're going to ask for a flat budget, whatever was given last year. Uh, she's going to request again this year, but I may be in the stands to uh, sit for that portion of it, which uh, thank you for putting this before the budget discussion. <laughs> yeah. So I can get out of there if I need to. Uh, next, we're going to skip. There's several people getting pay raises, uh, that sort of thing based on performance. So we're going to skip those. Uh, there will be a public hearing and approval of the resolution fixing the ad vorum tax levy and authorized to publish one time. Remember, they are not going to raise it. They said it last time. This is actually saying this is where we're going to be. We're staying flat for uh, the 2021-2022 year. Uh, so that will be published now uh, with the approval of that uh, tomorrow night. The next one is the approval of the re- uh, resolution to establish the budget for fiscal year 2022 and authorized to publish one time. Now, they are there is approval. So the mayor, uh, again, takes all of the talks that they've had, all of the conversations, will present a package. He wants, you know, he's going to say, this is what I want y'all to approve. That's when the negotiations start. Now, I'm not saying they won't approve it tomorrow night, but usually what happens is once the whole budget is together, now we have to make cuts. It may be, maybe it's 500000 over. Maybe it's 300000 below, and they can add some. Whatever it happens to be, this is where the actual negotiation as a whole. Remember, everything we told you up to this point is just discussions. It's what the department heads wanted. Nothing's been cut yet. Now, there, has been, say, there have been a lot of questions uh, by the alderman that said, if you had to choose one, which will it be? Right. Those type of conversations. So you can imagine there will be some cuts. If the mayor did not take those out, then the alderman will probably ask him to take those out during this time. I would be surprised if it passes tomorrow night. Uh, I do expect this to, uh, a special meeting probably to be called a week from tomorrow, which will be the 14th, which still passes it before the required 15th. Uh, but it is on the budget, obviously, to try to approve it uh, tomorrow night. But again... If you're interested in the budget, if there's something you want to see, something you don't want to see, somebody you're mad at, that you know they may be getting more money or less money, whatever, tomorrow night you may want to be there to speak because once they have to do it tomorrow night, I think that the, the, if they have to call a meeting on the 14th, it's probably going to be pretty short to see if they did what the mayor asked them, excuse me, if the mayor did what the alderman asked them to do. They've done a great job over the meetings last three weeks discussing the budget, getting ready, doing laying the groundwork to avoid – I'm not saying they're going to avoid, but to try and avoid a, a very long meeting tonight and all this open discussion because they've been very public about everything. I think it's been a really done a really good job over the last three weeks. A couple more things. Uh, the first is an approval of a memorandum of understanding from the Department of Finance and Administration to receive funding appropriated in Senate Bill 2948 – of not more than 250000 to assist in paying of the cost associated with repairs to its streets. This is the money, the two fifty we knew we were getting. That's the overage that they had not, the mayor had not yet put into the budget. We, they are looking to approve that. And of course, by approving that, I'm assuming it will also be added to the budget in some form or fashion. But that is what will be officially done tomorrow night. And then finally, we uh, mentioned this, there will be opening approval to open the bank account for the approximately $3.6 million coming in um, from Senate Bill 2948. The funds coming from that. And of course, they are putting four people from the city on that account. They'll be able to sign for that when those funds should be you know, released based on once they figure out what they can be used for. So again, uh, those will be the items that we'll be looking for tomorrow night to discuss here on Friday. Do you have a particular bank that you hope 
uh, maybe have they, have they put their name in the hat? Well, uh, I will say this: the uh, <laughs> Bancor South uh, did win the bid for the deposits. You know, they bid them out every two years. Bancor South currently has the deposits for the city Correct. for this two-year time period. So I would assume it's not really a. I would assume they are opening with Bancor South wow. because of the fact that is the bank uh, for the. Um, you know, for this, I guess, two-year period. But then again, every, you know, every two years, you know, any bank is in uh, the position to either win or lose those deposits. And real simple, for the deposits, that's anything that's deposited, comes to the city of Fernando, it's going into Bancorp South. For these two years. For, these these, two, for the two-year yeah. policy. And they're trying to do what? They're trying to, do y'all pay a slight interest? Is yeah, that we'll the pay goal? a little interest. Well, you know, how many fees are you going to waive sure. for, you know, because the, the city has a lot of transactions. Yes, of uh, Usually there are, you know, once you get above a certain number of transactions, there may be some type of, you know, fee charge for that so part of the bid is do we waive fees do you continue to charge the fees are you paying a little bit for that deposit so all that goes into effect and the city always takes the best deal so that's kind of how that works thank you to all the board of aldermen uh the city of fernando and the mayor for working so hard also the city clerk has to be there and and everything so we really appreciate the work that y'all are doing for the city business looking forward to the budget being passed and well as we mentioned we no longer really cover the city of south haven alderman meetings and stuff like that but we did uh, assure the listeners the utw podcast listeners that we we would bring uh, anything large, any kind of large thing that would, would definitely affect us or maybe in our entertainment or something like that. So that's why we're bringing to you about the South Haven Alderman meeting going on tonight. Go, Derek. The first, there's a memorandum of understanding with DeSoto County and DeSoto County Convention and Visitors Bureau. So not sure what that entails. Kind of went and read the background information. Didn't really get a lot of information, so I'll be watching that to see what that means um, for the Visitors Bureau. Is it improvements? Is it just some understanding based on maybe some type of income they're getting? So we'll kind of watch for that and report to you all on Friday. The next one is, of course, they're having their own budget hearing. Uh, so anything comes out of that budget hearing, I can't imagine there would be too much going around. They, they seem pretty in step with what they want to do with their budget, but we'll see if there's any, uh, you know, and, and kind of compare. I do want to kind of see what the final number is for the budget. That's going to be interesting to see. Matt, on the planning agenda, two new things at Silo Square I think okay. that our listeners will be very interested in. The first one, the application for Central Barbecue. Yep. Central Barbecue uh, will be coming to Silo Square, and uh, I've seen the plans are attached. Are they building a freestanding building? Yes, it's a freestanding yeah. building. Beautiful. We're going to look very similar but obviously updated to the one on central so the actual original location it's going to look a lot like that kind of that rustic uh you know brown building with a patio uh looks very nice it's online if you want to see it it's part of the uh the package for the autumn meeting tomorrow night Uh, so that's going to be done on lot 37 Uh, and then at the item number two in the planning agenda is application by silo 7 llc for design review approval for a multi-tenant building to be located on lot seven of silo square uh on this is on the of course west side of Getwell road south of sunflower i mean excuse me wildflower lane so then another one looks like a uh multi-tenant building so maybe some retail maybe some apartments on top another one of those coming in for those of y'all that are interested in that uh, both of those so two good planning agenda items tomorrow night in the south haven meeting and then finally of course we'll be watching the mayor's report to see if there's anything that would directly affect the entertainment directly affect anything kind of down that get well corridor that we will uh the people in hernando might be interested in had an opportunity to uh, ride through silo square uh over the weekend went up and had lunch on saturday there in south haven and just silo square is uh it's going to be the hub of of commercial business the hub of of desoto county for for the next 15 20 years i mean like you said central barbecue uh, planners bank that massive bank and and you know two-story uh thing they're doing slim chickens all that it's 
it's just a really, really good project. Uh, going to be huge in DeSoto County for the next 15, 20 years. So that's why we wanted to uh, add that to our show today and let people know. I know a lot of people in Hernando uh, enjoy Central Barbecue, enjoy those type restaurants. So that's uh, you know why Derek shared that. And, and looking forward to, uh, again, Central Barbecue being a part of DeSoto County. That's a big deal. I mean, that's, that's a huge a, deal. That's a huge deal. Central Barbecue is a massive part of um, the Mid-South, and, and all of us, you know, have eaten there and been up there and so forth and it's such a tie to the university of memphis and all that type stuff so looking forward to to that in the coming future as we mentioned we are uh, recording this on our on labor day labor day was created just to honor people working hard 40 hour weeks and speaking of working hard you're going to find no one better than william services william services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care landscaping mulching and more Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, new fence construction, fence repair, gate repair, no job too small, no job too large. If there's something he can't help you with, Richard can find the person who can. You can call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or learn more on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology, such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, business, home, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website, greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. 
It is our Tuesday show for the UTW podcast, which means the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, brought to us and sponsored by the DeSoto County Museum, located right across from Bank Corp South, right here on Commerce Street. They are open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Rob Long and his team would love to show you around the DeSoto County Museum, the wonderful exhibits, the wonderful things that we talk about every week here on the UTW Podcast. Thank you to Rob and his team for bringing us the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Derek, this Labor Day edition, DeSoto County Fact of the Week, is what? Matt, this has to do, again, with the city budgets. Now, we talked to uh, we talked about the public works. Uh, I guess that was the first show that we did about uh, two or three shows ago. Yep. Was the first one that we previewed for the budget was the public works. And Matt, that's what this uh, DeSoto County Fact of the Week has to deal with. Uh, we always complain about well, the city's paying too much money doing this, or they have too many employees in this department. Well, what the fact of the week and what Rob is telling us is that we should be thankful. Sure. There was no citywide garbage service from its founding on May thirteenth, eighteen thirty-seven, until nineteen fifty. 113 years 113 of no garbage years service. Of no garbage service when the city purchased its first one and a half ton garbage truck. Before that, the city of Hernando had depended on a man named Frank Kirby and his mule, Black Beauty. Nice. So there's a man with a mule that went by and kind of cleaned up what he could until and finally in 1950, the city bought its first garbage truck, a one and a half ton truck, then. Other projects that year that made daily life better for Hernando citizens was improving the town's waterworks, adding modern sewage lagoons, and bringing natural gas to Hernando. These were all general popular items that happened in 1950 and a little after. But one issue that continued to provoke controversy and incite resistance being by the citizens Paving the city streets. How does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds very... St. Ives. St. Ives. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, since 1950, people have been complaining about the streets not being paved. Uh, and the, there was a guy, the mayor at the time, JB, JB wrote that, uh, you know, that they basically elected him on his platform for getting them paved. And still years later, he was still trying to get some of those streets paved because some, some citizens wanted it, obviously, because it made travel smoother and easier. Others did not because it was going to raise their taxes. So again, still fighting at the same things 70, 80 years later. Yeah, Andrew Miller's still fighting for paved streets. He really is <laughs> 22 years into this thing. What a great fact of the week. I mean, like you said, Derek, the stuff that we take for granted was still going on 100 years ago. What you didn't say was Frank Kirby started Waste Management and mm. sold it for $18 billion <laughs> uh, in 1987. So uh, Frank Kirby and his uh, mule, Black Beauty, uh, kept, the, kept the place clean. Golly, I, that means just pe- people just did what they want to do with their – I mean, they, oh, they, just, they just took not, them, it was just trash out there. They took them in rural areas yeah. and dumped their stuff. That's yeah, what oh, they yeah. did. Well, we, I mean, we still it, see it today. If you head to our Uncle Butler, you may see a mattress on the side of the road, several yeah. things going on out there. Yeah, we still see it today. Well, thank you, Rob Long, for another great DeSoto County Fact of the Week. I've had numerous people tell me over the, the last several weeks how much they enjoy the Fact of the Week, learn a little bit about their county every Tuesday on the UTW Podcast. So we definitely appreciate Rob and his team providing us with that. Well, Derek, what a coincidence that you would bring up or mention the garbage service for the city of Fernando. Walks us right into one of our sponsors, North Mississippi Dumpsters. North Mississippi Dumpsters is a local small business offering service seven days a week. They service DeSoto, Marshall, Tate, and Tunica counties. They provide 13 and 20-yard roll-off dumpsters that are carefully loaded and unloaded as to not cause any damage to your driveway. Their dumpsters are in good condition as to also not be an eyesore in your driveway. You can call Joe and his team at 901-299-0916. That's 901-299-0916. 
They not only provide dumpsters for real estate professionals in house flipping, landscaping, new construction, etc. They also are great for homeowners who need to clean out their houses, yards, attics, basements, or sheds. Again, you can call Joe at 901-299-0916 or find more information, book a dumpster, learn the price. Everything you need to know about North Mississippi Dumpsters is at their very, very high quality website, DeSotoDumpsters.com. That's DeSotoDumpsters.com. North Point Christian School is excited to kick off the 2021-2022 school year with the highest enrollment it has seen in five years. With more than 1,000 students, the school is excited about the year ahead. North Point is the oldest and largest Christ-centered college preparatory school in DeSoto County. Located in South Haven, they serve students PK through 12th grade. If you have questions or would like to take a tour, contact Ms. Sheila Sharon, Director of Admissions at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. The Hernando Farmers Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. For more information about the Farmer's Market, you can contact Gia Matheny at 662-449-9092. That's 662-449-9092. Some of the over 70 vendors currently at the Hernando Farmer's Market include Kendall Cattle Beef, Rose's Bark Bakery, Mama's Kitchen Cakes and Bakes, Jones Orchard, Richardson Farms, Cherry Creek Orchards, numerous, numerous vendors at the Hernando Farmer's Market every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Saturday morning from May 1st through October. If you're not visiting Hernando Farmer's Market, one of the best farmer's markets in the state of Mississippi, definitely one of the best farmer's markets in the Mid-South, you definitely want to do that every Saturday morning, 8 to 1, right here on the historic Hernando Square. Well, Derek, before we turn our attention to the uh, the crow I continue to refer to, the crow I'm going to have to eat for the high school uh, selections I made on, on our Friday show, uh, not a lot of volleyball uh, action over the weekend. No information was given to us as far as the uh, stats and those type things. So that'll be back sometime this week. But I definitely do want to recognize a Lewisburg Patriot. Congratulations to senior Kaylee Ricard on being named the Clarion Ledger Female Athlete of the Week. Derek, we make jokes here all the time about the Clarion Ledger not really coming north mm-hmm. of uh, Grenada or north of Madison, really. Uh, but, you know, on this particular one, uh, senior Kaylee Ricard is a volleyball star for the Lewisburg Lady Patriot volleyball team. And I want to say congratulations to her for being the female athlete of the Clarion Ledger. Congratulations on that. Matt, we have another shout-out before we get to football. Uh, that being uh, a friend of ours, Russ Sneed. Russ Sneed uh, was elected into the Magnolia Heights uh, Athletics Hall of Fame uh, for the school. A multi-sport star there at Magnolia Heights. We just, you know, Russ is a great guy. He went on to play baseball at Mississippi State. Had a good career in Mississippi State baseball in the late uh, early 2000s into you know 2010ish time frame. So we really do just congratulate Russ, congratulate uh, his wife Amy, the whole family, uh, being able to go down and just celebrate him being elected uh, into the Magnolia uh, Heights Athletic Hall of Fame. And uh, we just appreciate all he does for the show. Uh, Russ works very hard uh, for one of our sponsors and definitely a hardworking guy, good family guy. Every time I turn around, I see Russ coaching some type of kids something, soccer, softball. He does. He works very hard, a good family guy that uh, – 
you know, steps up to be a volunteer coach for his daughters. Uh, so congratulations to Russ to be honored. I'm still waiting for my local high school to uh, contact me about <laughs> going into the uh, high school hall of fame. I mean, I, I won't say I was, I was a sports star, but uh, you know, I was a multi-sport uh, participant. Yeah, well, participant. I was too. I don't, I don't have to phone call anytime soon, but uh, did enjoy playing for my high school uh, for you know, three or four years. Well, I mean, I grew up with my cousin. My cousin went and played basketball at LSU. She was absolutely phenomenal. Just a great basketball player. So kind of grew up in her shadows, I guess. Uh, I think she is actually in the Hall of Fame. I would say at my she local high school for real. <laughs> well, look, we're going to turn our attention to our high school sports, which we are excited to welcome back to the UTW podcast as the high school sports sponsor, Mobile Car and Van Rental, right here in Hernando. If you are still going to South Haven or to the airport to rent a car, you do not have to do that. If you can hear our voice, if you are a UTW podcast listener, if you live in the Hernando area, simply do not go to the airport to rent a car anymore. Mobile Car and Van Rental can assist with body shop needs, car repair needs. If you need a car, a pickup truck, a cargo van, or a passenger van, call Mobile Car and Van Rental located right here in Hernando today. You can give them a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Local business, trying to keep people from going to Memphis, having to go and search for that rental car. If you're putting your car in the shop, if you're putting your car into a body shop, anything like that, Call Mobile Car and Van Rental in Hernando first. Well, Derek, we turn our attention to the high school football ranks. We do it every time. We go to North Point first. We're going to cover North Point, who had to travel by far the farthest. Again, Derek, I'm eating some crow on this one because I will be honest with you. Through two games, North Point Trojans had done nothing to show me they were going to stop somebody. It's exactly what happened on Friday night. Tell us about it. North Point traveled to Marshall County, Kentucky. Marshall County, Kentucky to play the Marshall County High School Marshals that we discussed. And the result of that game, North Point 42, Marshall County 7. Touchdowns by J.R. Henderson. He had a one-yard run. Josh Fisher had two touchdowns, a three-yard run and a 10-yard run. Christian Gillen had a 45-yard reception for a touchdown. Ethan Perpache had a one-yard run. And Grayson Alford had a three-yard touchdown run. So, again, Matt, usually a passing offense – had five of their six touchdowns on the ground. So North Point really able to pound the ball against the Marshalls. Help me out a little bit, Derek. I mean, again, 6A Kentucky school, you travel up there, you got to go three and a half hours away. Um, I just really felt like, I mean, you, you just hear what I'm saying. 6A Kentucky High School, you think they're going to be bigger, faster, stronger. They had they had won two games already. Mm-hmm. What was the situation, man? I mean, really, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by this. Saw them run out. You know, seemed pretty excited. There was a lot of them, probably 85 to 90 players, okay, yeah. uh, what you expect from a 6A team. But they didn't look as big as I thought they would. They, they were a little bit bigger on the line, probably both sides. But, Matt, when we took we got the ball first, we – ran it just down the throat and I'm like okay our offense but our offense has been good now yeah, I think Brighton's a good team the offense has I think Jackson Christian's a good team we were able to you know not, not now we ran it again a lot better than we have been running we usually it was our passing game that was you know giving other teams fits so that was a little you know I was excited okay so we're, we're gonna score against them that's fine it's gonna be a high scoring game Matt the first time they had the ball they were just not fast could not get to the outside. They could not. I mean, they tried a couple trap runs because uh, obviously they watched film, and that's what had killed us the first that we could not, you know, defend the trap. And so just not athletic. Just not athletic at all. After that, four, no we offense went, to North Point, but I'm just saying. No, no, we went three and out. It was like, okay, we're about to run. I mean, you could tell that's awesome. that we may not – I mean, maybe we won by 14 or 21, but I, we were going to win this game. And then it just got – like, we just – I mean, we just owned them, I and mean, it was um, awesome, it was very man. surprising. Uh, be honest, now we did North have, Point deserves that for the two high scoring oh, yeah. 
you know, towards the end losses, they deserve to travel up there. What a long day just to get up there. It was a long day. And, and just to, to murder somebody is just awesome. It was a, yeah. I mean, they're at, North Point's now averaging 52 points a game and one and two. And you're saying <laughs> so. game three, this game, they ran the ball a ton, which is what you need to do. No offense to the passing teams out there. If you're going to throw incompletions versus completions, my God, we've got to run the ball. The, uh, they only, you know, the defense really stepped up this game. Now, we did pick up uh, one of the players that played last James year decided Smith, yeah. to come back out, James Smith, who was committed to Ole Miss, decided to uh, come back out and play football. This was his first game to play. He came back last Monday. Um, he did play at receiver, um, had a couple catches, actually took one down to the one. That was one of the, the one-yard punch-ins that we had. And then another one, uh, he had an interception return of about a 28 yards. So he did, I think he had two picks, actually. So he did make a difference on defense. Now, Great. again, I don't think this team was near the quality of teams we played the first two weeks. Um, but, I mean, it, you know, defense showed out, only gave up three first downs in the first three quarters. Uh, the starters were pulled after the third quarter. So backups played the entire fourth quarter, running clock, Basically, when we scored, when we got to 42, so once we got over 40, it was running clock uh, for the rest of the game. And, That's awesome. Yeah, it was just a, a fantastic win for the uh, Trojans. Uh, next, Matt, we had a home game this week. Um, we no longer have a home game this yes, week. Yes, I sent, you, I sent you a text that <laughs> North Point uh, may just want to shut down their stadium because what was supposed to be a home game, your first of the year, first of the come year. back, and uh, I guess due to some COVID and injury issues for the team that you would have played, you're now traveling on the road to a public school in Mississippi. Yeah, to Water Valley. So Palestine Weekly from Arkansas had COVID issues, had injury issues. They have canceled that game. They have pulled out. They will not be coming to North Point. So North Point, all they could find was an away game at Water Valley. So, Matt, we're going on the fourth away game for the Trojans of an hour or more. Fourth away game, hour or more to start the season. If we can, you know, if the, the Trojans can go down there and get that game, and I've, I've heard they're big, uh, not as fast as, as we are. I mean, we do spread the ball a lot. Now, we're not big, so we have to be a little, you know, quick to have some type of chance. But if we can you know, get them out and you know, kind of wear them down, um, you know, if we can come out two and two after these, you know, sure. four road trips – yeah, that's a that's a pretty good start to a season. Absolutely, sounds great, man. I mean, good luck to the Trojans this coming Friday. We'll break that game more down later in the week. Uh, once again, Derek, I'm going to eat some more crow. The Lewisburg mm. Patriots. Let's go down, get well, and take a left on 69 uh, right there. The Lewisburg Patriots traveled over to Bahia. I picked them to lose to the Bahia Indians. Uh, could not have been more wrong. Catch us up to speed on my 0-2 uh, game there. Just Lewisburg absolutely showed out. I think uh, you actually got the mascot right on this one. I did not. I went with the Indian. Uh, so I went 0-2 on this game for both the mascot and picking the winner. Uh, Lewisburg 45 by Helia 14. Took it to them. I think by Helia had a little better team last year. Of course, Lewisburg struggled last year. They struggled the first game. Uh, they are starting to find their way, it looks like. The coach is uh, obviously it's a brand-new coach, new system. I talked about the fact that the biggest improvement is from week one to week two. In Lewisburg, 24-7, uh, to 7, they were already winning at halftime. This game, you know, I think uh, Bahelia went up 7 nothing, and then Lewisburg pretty much the rest of the way. I, I did hear that the UTW podcast, picking me picking the Indians, was played on the uh, bus several times. Oh, that's, <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. 24-7 uh, at halftime, of course, final score, 45-14. Lewisburg, you're talking about, you know, like when people – Outrush people, outrushed by hell yeah, 297 to 101. All right, so coaches, high school coaches that can hear my voice, running the football, controlling the clock. I'm telling you, you're going to win more games than lose. I mean, and not Love only it. that, but you know, there, there's, you know, you can have okay, well, you know, the president has a lot of power, you know, all the, you know, whatever you consider your definition of power. When you know you can get four yards That's or it. more against a team every time you rush the ball, there is nothing 
that you, that feeling of power is never stronger. And just as you, if you're the other team getting run on, there is nothing more humiliating than just getting knowing yes. you cannot stop them running the ball. I came from a very average high school football program, and I can name five teams, five games throughout my high school career where they knew what we were going to run. And they knew they weren't going to stop it, and vice versa. <laughs> and so you're totally right. Just know the other team knowing you're about to run it, eating the clock. The games that get over before nine o'clock at night are awesome. And so, I mean, I'm not even talking about with a running clock. You control the clock. You have the ball. You've got the lead. We'll talk more about that in just a minute when it comes to Hernando. But um, just a great win for Lewisburg. Congratulations on proving me wrong. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, again, and also the Patriots defense was just adamantine. I mean, they just. Would not let anything through from Bahalia. Uh, touchdowns, we want to give credit. Coleman Dowell had three TDs, excuse me, three TD rushes of one, 13, and one yards. So three TD rushes. Green for the Patriots had two TDs, a 44 and a three yard run. And there was also a pick six by JT Swift where your touchdowns again for the Patriots. Their next game, Matt, at home versus Kosciuszko. I know that'll be a lively uh, thing. Like I said, I I have been told that Lewisburg has um, the best home field advantage, the best home field atmosphere in the county. Um, So that's I know that place will be rocking for sure for the Kosciuszko game. Let's come this way, Derek. Congratulations to North Point so far, Lewisburg so far. Let's come in and talk about my third loss on the weekend when it comes to selections. (laughs) The Hernando Tigers getting a big win against the Cleveland Central Wolves, the Cleveland Central Wolves. Derek, I will say this. I was there, and like I said in the beginning, the excitement about the 300-yard long line and the crowd being huge and you know the, the band playing and all that kind of stuff. It was just a great, great, fun night. The Cleveland Central line, the both tackles were about 6'8". Wow. Uh, the right guard was about 6'6". Six, six. But Hernando was not phased by that, man. They just got after it. One of the best game plans I've seen for Coach Wolf in quite a while. Tell us about the game. The final score, Hernando 49, Cleveland Central 42. Yep. Now, you were texting me as I was at – I was in Marshall County. Now, of course, our game ended early. I say early. It was a little after 9 o'clock, which is fantastic for North Point. So, you were still texting me into the third quarter as I'm getting on the road. So, kind of following your text – Back and forth game, you know, uh, swapping scores, got down. I think Cleveland Central actually had a chance there at the end and could not convert. Uh, Hernando was able to hold them, put the game away. 49-42 is the final. Zach Wilkie absolutely went off. You're right, Derek. Zach Wilkie, six passing touchdowns. His first rushing touchdown of his career. His parents were off to our right. I mean, he had a heck of a game. As long as Zach is on the field and seeing the ball well, I'm sorry, seeing the field well, Zach sometimes will retreat. You know, and you you watch enough football, he can retreat. He's going backwards a lot of times, and that's when bad stuff might happen. If he can square his shoulders and he can see the ball down the field and step in his throws, he threw one ball about 55 yards in the air, straight bullet uh, bomb. Just a really a great game by by Mr. Wilkie, number 11. As he goes, Hernando Tigers will go this year. Well, it also shows you just how good Neshoba Central is. Now, obviously, you said there was bus troubles and stuff going down there, and it's the first game, so you got sure. some jitters and, and that sort of thing, and you're playing a lot of new new people. But, uh, you know, he found his way in this in this game. Uh, Cleveland Central, obviously, the defense may not be as good, but you said the big guys on the line coming after him. Six TD passes, one rushing touchdown, just a, an unbelievable seven touchdown games for Zach Wilkie. You know, if I had a high school fantasy team, I would want Zach oh, Wilkie yeah, on absolutely. my team this past weekend. Uh, for the touchdowns, uh, you had Tyler Starnes uh, had two receiving touchdowns. Hey, real quick, let me say Tyler Starnes, nice kid, sophomore, I believe a sophomore I receiver. Right, yes. Noah's why uh, Noah's mom quite well, Miss Kim. Um, he returned a kickoff, and he got absolutely obliterated. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm talking the fact that he came back and scored two touchdowns and could get. Oh, so up this and, was early in the game. This was this was this was first quarter. Mm-hmm. He gets a, he re, he receives a kickoff about the ten yard line. He's running towards the middle of the field to kind of get behind the quote unquote wedge, get behind his blockers, and the Cleveland Central kid came out like a rocket and just blew him up. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. Tyler jumped up, uh, you know, straightened his helmet up. I guess it was backwards, <laughs> but uh, but again, pitch his, pitch yeah. His so up shout the out to Tyler Starnes for real. The fact that he came back from that hit was huge. Yeah, so two touchdown receiving for Tyler Starnes. Eli Mashburn, I had one uh, touchdown reception. He's a senior. Yep. Uh, used to be former North Point Trojan. Form, that's right, former North Point Trojan. Well, one of Bo's friends. So congratulations, to Eli. Joey Davis had two touchdowns receiving, and then uh, Jalen Smith. Had one touchdown receiving. Of course, the one rushing touchdown was by Zach Wilkie. So, congratulations to all those guys. Just a, you know, just a great passing night for Wilkie. Uh, hey, for receiving. Go ahead. Cordarius Bullock. Cordarius Bullock. Pay attention to that name. He will be a force for the Hernando Tigers for years to come. He's in Wilson's grade, a ninth grader. Big, uh, strong kid. Passionate runner. Uh, aggressive runner. He will be a big part of the Hernando Tigers for years to come, for sure. But it allowed uh, Hernando to have enough of a running game mm-hmm. to keep people honest. Zach can throw the ball very well. Zach did a great job, but it kept the Hernando Tigers balanced pretty good to where you knew three, four, five yards, Kadaris was going to get it for sure. I will say this, Derek, talking what we were talking about from a passing and coaching aspect, sometimes can kind of coach you into different things. Not taking anything away from Hernando Tigers, but the Cleveland Central line, way bigger, way stronger, and they started to pass earlier than maybe they needed to. They started to maybe play a little Madden football versus just saying, hey, guys, we've got some guys that can push off the line and and, and push. But, you know, it's a moot point now. Game's over and so forth. But I just say those things, being able to run the football, I know it seems boring to 2021, you know, yeah. kids. But at the same time, man, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards of carry – Man, you you take that, and then again, you absolutely. pound it, pound it, pound it, and the once not only do you wear down a team, then you're able to second quarter play action. Exactly, second quarter play action really opens up the passing game. Sure. You hit them for two or three long plays on play action, then the defense is just confused. They're you know, they're scared because okay, are they about to get six yards on the run? Are they about to hit us over the top? We don't know what's going on, but no, I completely agree. And if they abandoned the the uh, run too early, that's a shame on them. Hey, it's it's a blame on them because we're going to take them. the Hernando Tigers. I'll eat the crow again. So glad for the Hernando Tigers. What a what a football game. My daughter's first, my six year old daughter's first high school football game. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, had an opportunity to go out. And again, what an awesome awesome night. Hometown under the lights. Crowd was was electric and, and great and, and everything. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to uh, watch the Hernando Tigers. It's a lot of fun. Their next game, Derek, Grenada Chargers. Come to home us. Home game. Home game mm-hmm. against the Grenada Chargers. Show up, show out again. Let's come out and support Zach Wilkie and the Hernando Tigers this coming Friday night, 7 o'clock game. Just going to be, I'm sure, uh, packed once again, hopefully. Beautiful weather again. So uh, look forward to that. Congratulations to Hernando, Lewisburg, and North Point on big wins over the weekend. What a Labor Day weekend for them. Uh, just a great long weekend for those kids. I know Hernando goes back to school full strength on Tuesday. So under the water tower, the high school will be back to full strength. And what I mean by that is – a through Z are going back to full strength. They're all going to be there on Tuesday. So I know that'll be a big time for Dwayne Case and the, and the teachers and the staff over at Hernando High School. If you enjoy what we talk about every Tuesday and Friday when it comes to young people, Hernando Alderman meetings, the wonderful city we live in, please find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you're listening to our show, give us a five-star review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, however you're listening to our voice, go to the provider, give us a five-star review so we can continue to work our way up in local podcasts. As we say on all of our shows, 
find OB Pod, brother podcast to our show, OB Pod, covering Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill. They do a really good job covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. So find them today, OB Pod. Well, we appreciate you sitting with us on our Labor Day show. Again, we recorded this on Labor Day, putting it out on Tuesday. We thank you for being a loyal listener. Shout out to all those 40-hour week workers out there having the day off, and we look forward to a show on Friday. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.